Hello and welcome to Under the Skin from Luminary. This week I spoke with Dr. John Campbell. Dr. John Campbell is a retired nurse educator who holds a Master of Science in Health Sciences and a PhD in Nursing. He's come to prominence as late due to his YouTube channel that gained enormous popularity during the pandemic. Audiences are enjoying his content as he endeavours to present data that is often unaddressed in mainstream media in an objective and educational manner without evident bias or fear of condemnation. Certainly that's why I enjoy him. Now that Under the Skin is on Apple Podcasts, please leave a review there. It helps us and we will read them out. If you'd like to listen to the rest of this podcast and all of my weekly under the skin podcast all you got to do is subscribe to luminary on apple Podcasts or download the luminary app you'll also get my weekly above the noise podcast it is like belonging to a really friendly lovely cult in this part we talk about double blind study explained and how the phenomenon of placebo and nocebo operate of course the full podcast has as you might imagine some more particular and specific information but we thought this was a lovely thing to include for you Trying to achieve equality with the annihilation of category is not no, a successful route. Yes, that's, that's, that's exactly right. We're in this era where it turns out we were never the boss. It doesn't look like an ideology. What's beneath the surface of people we admire, of the ideas that define our time, the history we are told? And welcome to Russell Brand Under the Skin. Objectivity is really quite difficult intrinsically in pharmacology because whenever you put forward an idea in pharmacology, you'll always get someone who says, well, where are the randomised double-blind controlled trials on this? So if you're talking about hydroxychloroquine or you're talking about ivermectin, for example, as an early treatment, people will say, well, where's the large-scale randomised double-blind controlled trials on this? Well, there isn't any. Can you just tell me what a randomised double-blind trial is, please? Sure, 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 sure. So if you want to know if a new drug works... You have to have a clinical trial to see if it works. This is the experiment to see if it works. So you want, you want a few thousand people who are actually getting a new drug and a few thousand people who are not getting the new drug. But the point is, if you've got a few thousand people and you say to them, well, I'm giving you this new sophisticated drug and we think it's probably going to make you better, they'll think, oh, I'm getting a new sophisticated drug. It's probably going to make me better. And the fact that they think that makes is going to make them better is likely to make them better in itself. That just that belief. And that's well recognised. That's called the placebo effect. But then if you say to another group of people, well, we're doing this clinical trial and those group of people over there, they're getting some nice, sophisticated new treatment. Whereas you, you're just getting a sugar pill. You're just getting a placebo. You're just a control. You're not as important. Now, not only will those people not have the placebo effect, they could actually believe that's making them worse and have have what's called a nocebo effect. So we have to have two groups. And it's absolutely vital that who goes into those groups is randomised. So if you imagine, could you have all men in one group and all women in another group? Well, obviously not. Could you have young people in one group and older people in another group? Well, obviously not. Could you have people with heart disease and smokers in one group and non-heart disease and non-smokers in the other group? Again, you would be comparing apples and oranges. You have to compare like with like. So you can think about things like male, female, age, body mass index, smoking status, heart disease. And you could you could allocate people to one group or other, the experimental group getting the drug or the placebo group based on that. But of course, then there's thousands of things that you don't know about. So the only way to compare like with like is to randomise it. So you must have randomization either to the experimental group or the control group. And then it has to be blind to get rid of this placebo and nocebo effect. And the only way you make it blind is you have the drug looks the same and the placebo looks the same. 
and that means the patients are blind so the patients don't know whether they're getting the drug and they don't know whether they're getting the placebo they don't know and as well as that it has to be double blind and if it's double blind that means the nurses and the doctors giving the treatment don't know whether they're giving the active treatment or where they're giving the placebo. Because if I go into a patient's cubicle who's sick and uh, I, I give them a drug and I know that's the drug, they're going to be able to read that in me to some extent. And, and the people interpreting the results mustn't know whether it's actually the drug or not. That means it's all objective all obje or it, it promotes objectivity. So that means it's a randomised, that you have to be random allocation, mathematical random allocation as to who goes into what group. So it's randomised. It's got to be double blind so the patients and the staff and the people interpreting the results don't know who's in which group. So it's a randomised double blind. It's controlled because the control group are not getting the active treatment and it's a clinical trial. And that is the gold standard of working out what treatments are. That's the first time I've ever understood that. Thank you. And uh, Yeah, it really does. You really broke that down. I'm like one of them nurses from your VHS days. I, I get it now. Thank it's you. much easier if I can draw on a whiteboard at the I same time. I missed that. <laughs> I've got to tell you, I missed the cutaway of the fountain pen. That's killing me not having that. Um, oh, yeah. The, I've, got, I've got it here. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the thing I wanted to say is with regard to the double blind component of this experimental uh, process. Controlled trial, yeah. yeah. Does that not in itself indicate that the power of consciousness and innate healing propensities within our nature is so powerful that science has to sort of blanket it out? Otherwise, Absolutely. You could just tell people get better <laughs> they would get better absolutely the the placebo effect can do things that are apparent miracles and more ominously russell the nocebo effect can as well so if people believe for example in witch doctors and the witch doctor says i put a curse on you and the person who's had the curse put on them actually believe that then that belief will make them sick it's called the nocebo effect so when I was young and foolish, I took an interest in uh, mushrooms. You madman. Yeah, absolute insanity. I was about, I must have been about 20 or something like that. I was taking, so I went out and picked some mushrooms and I learned to identify psilocybin mushrooms. And I thought, well, I'll just take a couple of those and see what happens. So I took a couple of these psilocybin mushrooms. Now, I'm not advocating this. Never done it again. Confessed and repented. All that's finished. <laughs> I, I never took enough to have any real effect anyway. But then I thought, you know, I wonder if those mushrooms, I think some of those mushrooms I picked had white gills underneath them, which would make them poisonous. Now, they didn't. I'd pick the right ones because I was very careful about it. But then I came to believe that I'd eaten a, a poisonous mushroom. And that made me start feeling really, really ill. It wasn't, a, it wasn't a physiological effect. It was just my belief. And I had to take advice to point, that out, point out that I wasn't ill. So, so, so a, nocebo, a, a nocebo effect can make you ill. A placebo effect can make you better. And, and, and really quite dramatically. Now, clinical trials have been done on this, where you can actually separate out the active drug from the placebo effect. So w when I give you a painkiller, if you come into my A&E department and I give you 10 milligrams of morphine, for example, for your pain, then about 70% of the beneficial effect you will experience is as a result of the pharmacology of the morphine. About 30% of that is because you believe I've given you an effective painkiller. So it's actually been identified as around about 30% in the field of analgesia. And there's a placebo effect in, in 
absolutely everything. That's why whether you're looking at surgery, whether you're looking at wound healing, whether you're looking at treating heart disease, whether you're looking at treating brain disease, kidney disease, you always have to have this randomised double-blind component, otherwise you can't get objective results. It makes me feel that consciousness itself, faith and belief, are formative, foundational, necessary components of reality in the way that reality is expressed and realized and to foreclose that reality is um, hubristic and sort of lacks optimism and open-mindedness. That, that seems to me that that's telling us something fundamental. If you're enjoying this conversation, join me over at Luminary on Apple Podcasts for the rest of our discussion and for all the latest episodes of Under the Skin.